0: Let's do it. And welcome to the Department of Metal Antiquities.
1: Where we remember what everyone else has forgotten.
0: As always, it is Nick Cameron, also of Glacier Musical, and I am joined by my good friend, the musical exchequer of Leeds UK, Duncan Evans.
1: Wow, I like that, man. I like that. These these are flowing thick and fast, these uh, little introductions. Um, I'll
0: admit, sometimes I think about them ahead of time, and last night I remembered the English term exchequer. And I thought, yeah. you know what? That's way better than adjudicator.
1: There you go, man. There you go. Um, Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't think you've asked me how I am, but I'm going to ask you how you are. And I'm also going to say that I'm all right. I'm the same. Still got the old neuralgia. But um, our little baby daughter, well, she's not really a baby anymore. She's becoming a toddler. She's just been taking sidesteps, holding on to things. Ooh. And that's the first time we've properly seen her do that. So that's great. So that's a real milestone. I remember... So, uh,
0: I remember when I walked into my kid's bedroom and when she was not quite one, she took her first steps, at like one, like at her birthday party. Wow. That's, rem-
1: that's good. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah.
0: I remember her standing in her crib, holding the rail. And I went, Oh my God, what did you do? How, how did you do that? And then she looked around and she went, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> yeah. and I, I don't know how to get down from here. And then she yeah. used to walk around the, the living room and she would like because we had cabinets in that living room one wall was built-in bookcases and cabinets and she would walk around the living room by walking up the cabinet with one hand grabbing onto the drum table grabbing onto the chair grabbing onto the coffee table and then back around
1: yeah she's basically just 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 starting to do that um yeah, it's about to get a little real bit later old. than average but you know she's catching up so it's all it's all good um so yeah but how are you doing well, I am good.
0: Last night was my big family Thanksgiving, which, you know, we don't celebrate the colonization of all that business, but we do celebrate the family. And, and that's how, what Thanksgiving means to me. However, this year was a little bit difficult and I was very antisocial last night. It is my wife's family, not my family. And a couple of things, you know, I lost my aunt this year, who was one of the people that helped raise me. So it was the first Thanksgiving year without her. And I also almost ran over a lady in a parking lot because uh
1: <laughs>
0: I have an electric car, so you can't hear it. And right. he stepped out from behind a van and it would have just been a complete freak accident. But I mean, it was very, sc- nothing, everything's fine, but it was just really scary. So, and then really other dumb. than that, uh the kid and I are now watching The Mighty Boosh, which- Oh uh, yeah,
1: yeah, classic, classic.
0: Yes, and we watched the episode with uh, oh god which one was it today? Oh yes, the 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 giant sapphire they're trying to get in the in the Antarctic.
1: And that's right, the ruby of Kukundu. Yeah, the egg of Kukundu. Is that it? Right, yes, there you the go. Yes,
0: the egg. And the whole time my kid is like, are these guys okay? What is wrong with them? A lot.
1: Yeah, I saw them live once. Um yeah, it it was good man, it was good. Yeah. Um but speaking
0: and... of people that have something wrong with them. There you go. Go on. We are now talking about a Queensrÿche record. Before we get into that too deep, I just want to point out I did see Queensrÿche a couple of weeks ago opening up for Judas Priest. And full disclosure, I am not a Queensrÿche fan. However, I think I've seen them five or six times now. Well, wow. never on purpose. They, yeah, I, I One time I worked one of their shows One time they opened for Black Sabbath One time they opened for Iron Maiden one time, And now they've opened for Judas Priest I know there's been more I just can't remember them all
1: Yeah, I've never seen them And I'll be absolutely honest I don't even know if I've ever consciously listened To a Queen's right track before today I know the type of thing that they do I know it's not really my sort of thing So I've just never quite got round to bothering to check them out because i'm kind of i mean i, I don't know maybe if i listen to operation mind crime which i know is the classic maybe i would love it but operation um,
0: mind crime was actually one of the first cds i ever owned okay. during that time uh when i got my first cd player in 1992 i had uh, i think 10 cds at the beginning that's what i got for that christmas and birthday that was a nice part about having christmas and birthday right next to each other so i got extra stuff to, to start yeah. the collection Although it's funny because now I've completely eschewed it, but, you know, whatever. And all my metal friends loved Queensryche and loved Operation Mindcrime. So I asked for that. And frankly, I listened to it two or three times and went, I don't get this. I don't get it.
1: Yeah, I I, I just read about them and thought this doesn't sound like my thing. I'm, when it comes to prog, prog rock, look don't get me wrong there's loads of stuff that sits under that label that i absolutely love but i'm very very selective there's a kind of invisible line that when you start to cross that i just really start to hate it like you know love pink floyd love hawkwind genesis i would say they're right on the border i love a lot of their stuff but the genesis cross that is a
0: weird me. one they they man they they, I mean, they they changed a lot i mean they you know i They hit all fields, to use an American expression. Mm -hmm. They, they, you don't know where it's going to go when, when you know when they say we're going to play Genesis, you could be listening to the weirdest avant-garde nine-minute track, or you could be hearing a three and a half-minute pop song.
1: Yeah, basically with Peter Gabriel, Genesis generally pretty cool like Peter Gabriel's solo stuff up to a point but again he probably crosses that line a bit in a different way um for example Dream Theater just can't stand it it's just not for me I appreciate the musicianship you know no disrespect to to them in that sense but I just absolutely cannot stand it um and for example Yes like I've got some Yes records and some of it I do like but really I I would overall say I don't really like Yes it crosses that line for me
0: I think I have about four yes records that I have picked up over the years for a dollar or two dollars a piece. I mean, nothing I've exactly. I got one of them literally at a thrift shop for fifty cents. So uh, I
1: yeah.
0: cannot call myself a, a yes fan, but I every now and again I'll put on one of their records, and it is weird stuff, man. But that that is the 70s kind of prog, not prog. Yeah, prog, but sure, prog. sure, sure,
1: sure, sure. We're sure. Into
0: some progressive metal here, but Duncan has asked me at least four times to do this record, and I have fought it off and
1: fought it off. And it did. I, me- I thought you asked to do it loads of times. No, you
0: asked me to do it. Okay,
1: okay, okay. <laughs> this, is I don't your know tri- this
0: is your choice.
1: Was it? Okay, yes. okay, okay. okay. Fine, so fine. It,
0: apparently, it took me seeing Queensryche to finally. Well, I, I had agreed to do it a couple of times, and then I pulled out at the last minute. I'm like, no, let's do this other thing instead. so i finally sat down and we listened to this apparently it takes seeing queens for me to do a queens album Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but now this album why did we do this one duncan
1: Well, essentially, this was released in 2012 at a time, and there's a lot of backstory here. Essentially, Queensryche split up. Buckle up, kids. And so, look, I'll I'll give the very quick bit uh, version, and then we'll go into the more detail. So, essentially, there were two versions of Queensryche at this point in time. They both released an album in 2012. This one was the singer Jeff Tate, um, and a load of other guys, basically. A some load, pretty,
0: no, like some, two truckloads of dudes.
1: Yeah, some pretty famous guys. Loads oh, of guys. Yeah. Um, what I
0: love about this, though, it, you know, it's not like Venom and Venom Inc or Black Flag and Flag. These they're both called Queensryche. They are both in yeah. the courts fighting over who owns yeah. the name.
1: And eventually this version lost that battle. So they are now, I think they're sort of still going now. They released something in 2017. Yes, yes it still they exists. They changed their name, yeah, it's to like, Operation uh, mind...
0: It's like Jeff Tate's Mindcrime or something.
1: Operation Mindcrime is called, yeah. So Okay. So, yeah, so they're still a band. Um, same, Same. I, know, I think the lineup has changed quite a bit. Actually. Yeah, I would but, imagine,
0: because there's like no lineup to
1: this. Well, yeah, exa- exactly. But um, yeah, no, at the time, this was Queens. I think this one came out before. Um, I could be wrong about this because the rest of the band with a new singer also released an album the same year under the Queen's right name, which I think this one came out first. But I could be wrong about that. Um, But do we want to go back and talk about how they split up? Because this is um, this is an interesting one. Uh,
0: If you can give the elevator pitch. Yeah, do that. Okay.
1: so basically um, at the time they'd been managed for quite a while since 2005 by Jeff Tate's wife. And Jeff. Never do that. Well, there you go. Spinal tap. Um, (laughs) And there there was also his stepdaughter was involved. I'm not. Oh, God. I'm really sure what she was doing i've forgotten now but his, his stepdaughter was involved anyway basically the, the rest of the band decided that they they were getting annoyed with this because they felt that the band was being run by jeff tate and his family and that the rest of them just man where would they get that idea well exactly so they basically got together and said okay we're going to sack the um his wife and his stepdaughter we're going to get them out of the picture so that we 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 don't have this monopoly of, of family running the running the show um and of course jeff tate was outvoted on this because it was a meeting that he wasn't invited to um but you know <laughs> it, it, so, so so you know understandably i guess he wasn't too happy about that oh and that might that on... might
0: that might rankle that might rankle somewhere. yeah
1: So they're on tour and then Jeff Tate basically starts arguing about this decision to sack his family and then decides to smash up the drum kit and then starts beating up or assaulting some of the members. It all goes a bit wrong a bit I think, a bit wrong. I think they sort of they sort of made up at the time but then there was three or four other shows after that w- at which each one backstage there was similar sort of problems and he was just kicking off as they say I don't know if you have that phrase but kicking oh, yeah, off yeah, yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. thing right so and they just said okay we're just gonna get rid of him so that's what happened and at that point they suddenly started all suing each other for the name essentially. So, they, you, you know
0: go. what? If there is anything more rock and roll than band members suing each other over legalese, I haven't found it. Roger Waters, looking at you.
1: There you go. And in the, in the end, actually, um, it's interestingly enough, the Operation Mind Crime band, Jeff Tate's version, they were given as almost a consolation prize the sole rights to do shows where they play the entirety of Operation Mind Crime or Operation Mind Crime 2. So, the Queen's are the not Roger allowed Waters. to do that they, yeah, exactly. They're not allowed to do that, but they can play songs from whereas, um, you know, the Operation Mind Crime band are the only ones able to do the special show Operation oh. Mind Crime in full. So, yeah, hey. that is
0: exactly the Pink Floyd divorce because Roger Waters got all claim to the wall. Yeah, he that's why it took so long to release those live recordings of the wall.
1: Uh, Of course, that makes sense. Yeah. And originally
0: he said no. Yeah. His daughter had to talk him into it. Yeah. Her daughter is basically his daughter said, Look, the fans want this, do it for the people. Don't care about Dave. Okay, I'll find, I'll do it then. And then that's why that album also is the only Pink Floyd release not to be released on vinyl.
1: Interesting. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to try and stop saying interesting because I've got back into that bad habit of saying everything's interesting.
0: Everything is interesting. It's an interesting That should be
1: our catchphrase where we remember what everyone else has forgotten is interesting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we Um, have, yeah, so we have this big old pile of a thing. So I am going to, if you don't mind, or if you want me to hold back, I am going to read off the personnel on this record.
1: Okay. do your thing yeah do your thing
0: and if you want to pipe in on any of them okay jesus christ this is a long list oh man this is this is like the entirety of spinal tap this is like 53 people all right here is what is what is credited as queens Reich. you ready yeah uh jeff tate lead vocals kelly gray guitars not on the album, except for a solo. Robert Sarzo, guitar track three. I I'm Rudy assuming...
1: Sarzo's brother, that Thank is. You've you. probably heard of Rudy Sarzo.
0: Oh, yeah. And guess who's next?
1: Oh, it's Rudy Sarzo. Rudy
0: Sarzo. Frequent podcast subject, Rudy Sorry. Sarzo. He has been on half of the stuff that we have done, it seems like.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, he is on bass on tracks one, five, and nine. Simon Wright, I believe, of ACDC fame yeah drums tracks one and five and randy gain whom i'm and the name sounds familiar but i can't place keyboards tracks uh, one i'm sorry
1: no i was just sorry i was just gonna say he he is as as far as i'm aware most known for this i think he's okay. been in some of the smaller bands he's not not particularly well known outside this
0: let's take a look because i am interested now because i know i you know i could be getting him confused with chris gaines the uh uh, career da, da, da. He, he was, was in, in a, the myth? band
1: myth which was also kelly gray was in that band as well kelly gray being the guitar guy who's not actually on the album except for a solo
0: all right fair enough that guy is actually not famous at all all right that is queens right you may notice that there is not a single track where all of the band plays on one song
1: no and there's also the queens right drummer plays drums on two tracks on the album
0: Okay, now we're into additional musicians. Yeah. Uh, Craig Lo Cicero, who does not even have a wiki entry. Rhythm guitars, tracks 1 through 10, so basically the entire record. Uh, Jason Slater, bass tracks 2 through 4, 6 through 8, and keyboards on tracks 7 and 8. Martin Irigoyen, all guitars, bass, and drums on tracks 11 through 14. Okay. Which
1: are the re-recorded versions of previous earlier Queensryche tracks.
0: Now it gets interesting. If you want to get into some metal, Paul Bostoff. And I just spit on my monitor. Paul Bostoff plays drums tracks six through nine. Uh, Paul Bostoff of Slayer Slayer. and Forbidden. There you go. Evan Bautista drums tracks two through four and ten. So that's a lot of additional musicians. You ready? But
1: that's (laughs) not the whole story.
0: No, we still got the guest appearances now. Holy hell. All right, let's see how many of these names you know Kelly Gray guitar solo track one member of Queen rec. Jason Slater Theremin solo track two. okay who's so also
1: an additional musicians as well. so this is getting strange now we've got we've got some repetition here, but okay
0: uh John Levin guitar solo track three. I am not familiar with him. he's from
1: Dockin, I think yeah, Oh, thank you Dockon.
0: very much. uh Chris Canella guitar solo track four. Not yeah don't with know him uh Ty Tabor. Kings X. King's X, guitar solo track four. I'm sorry, tracks five and eight. Uh, now comes a big name, KK Downing, guitar solo, track six.
1: Judas Priest, of course. Judas Priest, of course,
0: who will, I'm sure, is going to be a future podcast subject and previ- also previous podcast subject when we do KK's Priest Down the Road, as I'm sure we'll get to that. Uh, Brad Gillis, guitar solo, track seven, previous podcast subject
1: who I'm sure is a great guitarist, but I just cannot... I just will always remember Brad Gillis for playing the riff from Children of the Grave incorrectly on speak of the devil by Ozzy, which I I understand that wasn't his fault. Just just to be they clear. didn't rehearse
0: that one. They were they didn't rehearse
1: scores. that one. They, and Ozzy's just like, yeah, do this one. And he's like, uh I think the riff goes something like diddly did do. So I'll just play it. some similar <laughs> <laughs> that'll do. Um but anyway. Yeah
0: that uh children of the grave on that release definitely was a that'll do. Um yes. okay next is uh Dave Meniketti guitar solo track nine of Y and T Chris yep. Poland of Megadeth, Megadeth. fame, yep. guitar solo track ten. Nina Noir background vocals. And I've got to word. say that's a
1: cool name, Nina Noir. That's a cool name. I don't know whether that's a real name, but that's a cool name.
0: I hopefully she knows Vince Noir because that would be exactly. a match made in heaven. There you uh, go. Emily Tate background vocals. Miranda Tate. That's but that's all the the special stuff. So there. I mean, that's all the people now. Production well, apart
1: from production, which then has. An original version and a remixed version because the mix all went and a, a, a deluxe bit wrong.
0: and a deluxe version.
1: Yeah, which, yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's, I mean, I don't know if we need to read these all out, but Jason Slater is one of them, who's also the bass player and keyboard player on some of the tracks he recorded, produced, and mixed it. But then there's like about nine other people included. Basically, they ended up having to get it remixed at the last minute because it just wasn't right. They'd rushed the mix. And then because there was no time, they wanted other people to do it and there was no time to be- for one person to do it all to the deadline. So they had to farm it out to like it basically one or two tracks each for t- to seven or eight different mix engineers so they could then get it done on time because there wasn't enough time for one person to spend like a week on it or whatever.
0: And A then favorite. and then on the deluxe edition, which is the version I listened to today, not realizing it, because you know, when I listen to these, I just listen to what I can find. I don't, you know, I don't do my research until till later on.
1: Mine uh, might be the deluxe edition. I don't know. It was the version on the official Queen's YouTube, which is interesting because it's the official Queen's right, but this <laughs> isn't the official Queen's See what I mean? But <laughs> right, it's well, go. awesome. gonna get more confusing. Well, Billy Sherwood of Yes remixed it. Oh, it's Billy Sherwood of Yes? Yes. Confirmative. Okay. I did not know that. So he was, got, okay, so latter day, obviously not. Yes. Him. So he essentially uh, replaced Rick Waitman but not directly. All right. Okay. This is all getting, there's too much for me here.
0: This is This is the biggest, most giant whatever this is. I mean, holy crap.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm You're gonna to have to talk for a minute. I'm. I'm. Okay. Time.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, look, basically, all this controversy was going on, and everyone knew it. So, even though Jeff Tate's got these pretty big name guest appearances, the part of this isn't the only problem with this album. But part of the problem was that people were kind of ready to hate it because I, I, I think people just viewed this as being. Not really the proper Queensryche and viewed it as being a bit of a kind of rushed out record to get something out under the name. When really everyone could see that it was a bit of a Jeff Tate solo project. So I think there was a lot of uh, a lot of that attitude, like you know, people ready not to like it. Um, the reception was largely pretty poor um, at the time. There was some quite good reviews, but even then, there's one where there's someone saying basically i wanted to i was ready to hate it but actually it's pretty good so it's, it's kind of damning with faint praise so i don't think yeah. there's any outstanding review i mean look here 39 out of 100 i mean that's that's,
0: uh, that's
1: pretty poor there's a two star one a two and a half star another two and a half star a 5.7 out of 10 so i mean oh we're scraped we're not even on a three star there there's one here that's three star and one from Metal Enthusiast magazine that's described as positive. But yeah, generally people didn't like this um very much. It was described as well, people didn't like the muddy sound, which I didn't notice that. Maybe I heard the remix version mind, or whatever. Sure, if you had like the version
0: if you had the version that had the re Oh, I know why did you did it have the extra
1: tracks? Yes.
0: That's the bonus. That's the deluxe edition. So therefore
1: that's... what I've heard, that's why it's got I was thinking this is not a muddy sound, it's actually quite no. a slick mix. This um... I agree. Quite a crisp record. Yeah. So yes,
0: we definitely should we we both definitely listen to the wrong one.
1: Yeah. However,
0: just... too late now.
1: It is. We listened um... to
0: the one remixed by the dude who replaced the famous guys in Yes. Yeah. So that's you know, it's a thing. But
1: we also didn't listen to the, there's some re-recordings, I think on the, no, I think the re-recordings are even on the original, that's what it oh, says here, but I'm just, I, I don't even know what version we listened to, but let, whatever, we'll just roll with it. So there's four re-recordings of tracks from earlier um, uh, Queen's Reich albums, and basically they were. Just oh, panned. I was as far wrong. As I can tell, they were panned by everyone. I apologize. So, yes, we listened to the original version. I think we did because it says the original. Yeah, the, the deluxe edition has the original version, then the first ten tracks again remixed. So I, I'm look. I'm going to go out on a limb and just before we get onto the track by track, I don't think it's a muddy production. No, I think I, think I could describe some. Things I didn't like that much about it, but it's very. I was. I thought it was very slick, very polished. Actually, I
0: have absolutely zero complaints with the way this record sounded. It sure, and I listened to it on my little smart speaker. So, yeah, you know, no complaints. Very good. Very well recorded. Very well produced. But I mean, when you have seventeen producers, that's actually kind of surprising. Yeah. No, I we should get talk back. about. No, they oh. only had two producers for the recording, Jason Slater and Andy DeCara. There you go.
1: But um, we should talk about the album cover as well. I mean, I would say it's pretty bad, oh, but I awful. get that it kind of works for that style maybe. It's basically a fist, which apparently was originally going to be Jeff Tate's, but then he decided that his didn't look masculine enough, so they got a hand model in with like a, a more hairy kind of big knuckled hand and it's got
0: wait wait so they got a hand model in order to have a more masculine hand at that point that i picture this dude (laughs) who's been sitting in the waiting room and he you know he's been there every day yeah and they're finally like jimmy we got one for you here's (laughs) your moment make the most of it son Exactly. so then he goes in wearing his you know his flannel shirt and his his plumber butt crack pants and he's like i'm here for the hand modeling
1: (laughs) exactly and it says so obviously the album's called frequency unknown it says the band name and that around in a sort of ring around the big fist that's sort of punching through out of the front of the album and the fist has um Rings on, which say f u obviously standing for frequency unknown, but of course, you know, there's there's a little um double on en- d- double entendre there, and yeah, got- I mean,
0: this this just strikes me as so bro metal,
1: yeah. FU and there's and there's somebody said in one of their reviews ultimately they felt that Jeff Tate the only FU that Jeff Tate was really doing was to himself on this they said you know he's just ruined it for himself here um so there we go oh yeah and frequency I know the album title now this is where as a producer and you know sound engineer mix engineer myself I find this one quite I don't know. It's quite amusing, quite interesting. I don't know. Basically, Jeff Tate apparently explained that when you're making music and you're, this is what he said, when you're making music and you're putting a song together, you have all these different parts that are supposed to work together. And then he says, blah, 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 blah. Basically, sometimes it doesn't work, but there's this sound engineering theory where he says, if you dial in these unknown frequencies that nobody knows what they are, you find the weak spot of the song and then it kind of gels together and all of a sudden it's now great. But no one can tell you what this frequency is. It's an unknown thing, so I don't really know what he's talking about, um, to be honest. Um, but but there you go. So that that's what it's meant to mean. And and clearly, a lot of people felt that that unknown magical frequency was not present on this album because they um, they they didn't like the mix very much. Um, and but there you go. Um, yeah. So- it
0: should be pointed out before we get too much too much deeper into this. This originally this was produced by Jason Slater, as we've discussed, who also produced Operation Mind Crime Two, American Soldier, and Dedicated to Chaos. Basically, the three preceding albums. And here, I thought Operation Mind Crime Two was done back in the nineties. So maybe that's a flaw in the matrix. Maybe this is a simulation, and none of, none of this is real. But here we are. I guess exactly. I could probably just look up what album that was back in those days, but that's besides the point.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: also, if you're, if anyone is interested in buying this on vinyl, before we get to the track by track, it is available in the Netherlands for sixteen euros, eighteen fifty euros in uh, Spain, uh, twenty in the Netherlands, eighteen pound in UK, twenty one euros in Belgium. Uh, you may notice I haven't gotten any dollars. So mm, mm. oh, here we go. Here's the first one in American dollars. It is 75. Well, there you go. There you go. I don't think I need that for $75.
1: No. So um yeah, basically, I'm not sure there's that much else to say about this apart from just getting into the track by track. Do you have anything else?
0: I'm still trying to figure out what the hell this. 1996 album was because i saw them in between 94 to 96 i forget when it was at this now what's now called the enterprise center back then it was called kill center and blah 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 so give me just a second here because i need to figure this out if i don't figure this out i'm gonna go crazy oh uh oh, was promised land is what i saw them doing
1: there you go There you go.
0: But they were just coming off of the original mind crime cycle, which was a long, long cycle. So,
1: yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah. Okay. Well, to be absolutely honest, I think that is about all I've got in terms of the backstory.
0: Let's take a look because there seems like there's a little bit more here. Oh, do, do do Critical reception. No, I guess that really is just about it. <sighs> this might be a short episode this week, people.
1: That's all right. That's cool. <laughs> it happens. Well, should we take our little break and come back to the track by track?
0: Let's take but take the break and get to the track by track. One second. And welcome back to the show that loves to torture itself. <laughs>
1: All oh, right. Well, that's um, not
0: saying we're torturing ourselves today if we haven't tipped our hands enough.
1: Indeed. Well, I've just been outside for a minute and it's a bit cold in the UK uh winter evening or nearly winter evening and the first track is cold. So there we go. I'm doing the uh oh. the links the links right from the off. So this starts off with, like, almost death metalish uh type riffery, quite heavy guitars and lots of pinch harmonics. Um, those, you know, the ones. Um, and then it kicks in with the most awful prog cheese vocals, and I'm sorry to say it, yes, Jeff Tate can really sing. I cannot stand what he's doing here. It's just not for me. It's, it's technically flawless, but it's terrible. The keyboards are all it's over it. It's like that it. episode They're of The awful. Simpsons,
0: you know, though you're you're playing, te- though technically proficient, lacks passion.
1: Exactly that. There's no soul to this at all. The chorus, you can hear the auto-tune on the voice. It sounds like Nickelback to me. And ooh, I, that's ooh, not oh, my God. Me. Duncan coming um,
0: out with the, the, I mean, just whacking yeah. him with the baseball bat or the, cricket bat as it
1: were i mean yeah there's some <laughs> catchiness to it you know it's quite well put together oh and by the way what we didn't mention actually which i'm going to just go back and mention is that this was co-written with like lots um i think most of the people that co-wrote on it uh some of the musicians who were listed as additional musicians take take co-wrote all of them but lots of different co-write uh partners on you know from track to track oh anyway. my god
0: hang on the thank you for bringing that up this yeah. was This track was co-written by Lucas Rossi. Lucas Rossi is the winner of the second uh, season of uh, Rockstar in America. The first one was Rockstar in Excess. This one was Rockstar Supernova. So the band was Gilby Clark, Tommy Lee, and Jason Newstead of Metallica looking for a singer. And this is the dude they chose. And I bought the album. And oh, my God, we should do that
1: okay there you go add it to the list man yeah add it to the list okay oh my
0: God okay
1: so, future, yeah this
0: was written by future podcast subject Lucas Rossi
1: exactly most of them have Slater the producer and also keyboard keyboardy and bassy person I believe um who's actually um co-writes most of these tracks as well anyway but not this one actually um yeah it's just to me this is this is radio friendly catchy cheese pop auto tune nonsense with a bit of a rock edge it's so consciously sanitized and commercial i can't stand it it goes double time and then there's a big twiddle solo i think this is the one with the guy who's actually in the band doing a guest solo yes, yes not yes, my yes, thing yes. and i'm i'm not i'm gonna make a really technical musician point here look the guy can really technically play but there's this thing that a lot of um, rock guitarists do Um, and if you you might know what i'm talking about or you might not basically this song it uses the aeolian mode but he's soloing in the Dorian mode. This happens a lot and lots of very well-respected guitar players do it because they just don't know quite what mode they're in. And he's doing that here. And it's always gets to me when it happens. And I I know I'm being very pernickety, but it's like, yeah, you're playing the wrong note, man. I get, look, I know there's no wrong notes. You can do what you want, but it's like, no, you just don't know what scale you're in here. But, but, you know, it's great, but it's just, to me, it's totally derivative. It's everything I can't stand about rock music, but it's cleverly put together. I, I just, absolutely have nothing positive to say about it sorry
0: wow um here i thought i was going to be the curmudgeon this week duncan <laughs> however has just gone scorched earth on track one this is everything about rock music i despise wow okay um i was just gonna say it's kind of bland <laughs> i
1: mean <it's- laughs> That's why I don't like it. Yes, it's kind of bland. So bland. And it's I just it's think, so
0: bland that it makes Duncan angry and makes him forget that he's British and he can finally say what he thinks. This is well, awful. Like if
1: you're going to do something with a bit of death metal and a bit of aggression to it, don't make it sanitized pop blandness. Like Just, just decide. If you want to do... Um, you know, what are they called? Um, what are they called? Uh, that pop band, uh, NSYNC. Then just do Sync. Don't do not do that, but pretend you're doing rock. Uh, you know, just so, uh, yeah, I don't like it.
0: No, I, I completely understand what you're going for. Is this sanitized? Oh, my God, yes. Is this basically written and curated for the radio? Oh, my God, yes. Especially when you got this Lucas Rossi cat, you know, writing yeah. for you. So... It is what it is. Yes. But you know what? It is the Christmas season. So I'm going to go ahead and give you a triple dog dare to do the next track.
1: There you go. I was trying to think of one and you've done a good one there. It starts with Phasery Rocky Metal. The name of the song is Dare.
0: Duncan, Duncan oh, sorry. was so excited yeah, I by I my did. pun that he forgot to mention it.
1: Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. And um, It's not as good as the gorilla song Dare featuring um, what's he called? The guy from the Happy Mondays who I've forgotten his name entirely. Sean Ryder. There you go. Anyway, yeah, look. Again, I can't stand the vocals. Look, they're really well executed. They're flawless, but I cannot stand it. Soulless, toothless, soft and fluffy excuse for rock. Again, it sounds like Nickelback. Sorry, Nickelback. Um, but Nickelback, I suppose. You at just apologize
0: to Nickelback. The
1: thing is, they know for what they are comparing them to
0: Wow. It's
1: like at least Nickelback. Everyone knows what it is. It's radio-friendly rock for a pop audience. Whereas Queen's Queen's rock is Queen's rock. Queen's rock is surely not meant to be that. Um, And it goes into a section with xylophone and mellotron. It's actually okay. And I'm going, all right, okay, do this a bit more. But then, no, um, no, 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 no.
0: Can I be honest for a second? Yes. Being as I'm not a Queen's rock fan. I had no flipping clue what the hell this record was even about. I had no idea. And so I put it on and I'm listening to this album, first couple of tracks, and I'm like, which singer is this? I didn't know if this was the new guy or the old guy. What I did not expect, what I did not have on my bingo card was whole new, brand new, competing Queensrÿche under the direction of Jeff Tate. That was the one thing I did not have on my bingo card. However, you know when you when you bring up Nickelback, I think you're absolutely right because this song, and I know we alluded to this a little bit when we were discussing the album cover, it being bro metal. This is five finger death punch metal, and here he's like, th- "This is like his his song." To the rest of the real Queens, right? The official Queens record, as it were. Oh, you wouldn't dare. Oh yeah, I got you. I'm pounding my chest, and and I'm like, dude, you're 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 Jeff Take. I mean, you. And apparently, you couldn't even get a manly enough fist to be on the album cover. So, <laughs> I, I don't know how much your you know your chest pumping and you're yelling at gorillas is, is. Yeah. So you know when you talk about the absolute plasticity of rock. There we go. This is the, it it is the most plastic anything could ever be. And quite frankly, one of the worst songs we have ever done on this show. And definitely it kills you with blandness. If you're looking for uh overdone turkey or chicken that has no moistness to it this is it they're gonna give
1: it to you well done give it to you the next track track three this starts with kind of jangly minor key ballad acoustic guitar it's pretty awful then you've got some blues rock guitar solo by number stuff i'm not sure who plays the solos on each track it's all on the credits we read them out earlier i can't remember all the solos look if you want to know who did
0: what we already told you exactly go back back. write it down
1: or look at the wikipedia look at the wikipedia while you listen there you go it's too
0: much for us to keep this is this is an unscripted podcast All we do beforehand is say, we're doing this one. Exactly. And then we hit record. That's it.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, like, you know what? The chorus is okay. Like, I can see that there's... I mean, it's not. It's it's terrible, but I I can (laughs) see that it's... I, I can't stand it, but I can see that there's some essence of something that could have been good it sounds like Alice in Chains but Alice in Chains and but sanitized and mixed with a version of Bon Jovi who have just they're just half asleep just you know hey John Bon Jovi can you just we wake you up in the middle of the night can you just kind of write and perform us whatever comes into your head now okay yeah rocking out on the freeway mixed with like Alice in Chains we're a little bit dark as well no um, it's well crafted but totally terrible, and then you've got this boring cutout. I've called it a cardboard cutout guitar solo. It's like it's just you know, can you do hey KK Downing or whoever it is? Can you just play generic guitar solo number 362? Okay, diddly diddly diddly. Wow, well, well, no, no,
0: no that's not what happened. Here's 200. what happened. It's can you play a guitar solo here? And he grabbed Guitar World and looked to the you can play guitar column and just played that
1: yeah exactly exactly But i
0: mean that's kind of the whole i mean we and i I know we're worried about getting long enough on this episode but uh i don't know that we need to mention any of the guitar solos because there's nothing here that isn't yeah when i noticed them it's like oh wow this is the blandest twiddles i've ever heard
1: exactly there you go now you know how i feel most of the time (laughs) time (laughs) there you go Well, anyway, um, what's going to happen next is in the hands of God. So um, that's the the next track name. Um, So this is that you um, skipped one. Oh, sorry. What's going to happen next is not in the hands of God. It's um some the track's called Slave. I don't have one. I don't have a uh, yeah. So if
0: you've ever thought to yourself, "Man, I hope there is someone in the rock world who can lead us out of lead us into temptation and save us." (laughs) from all this terrible crap who was willing to tell us that we're all slaves. Uh, exactly. Who's not Jim Morrison from 1960, goddamn eight. Uh, eight, nine, nine. I'm sorry. 1969. Uh, here we go. Jeff Tate is going to, oh my God, what the hell, man? I mean, seriously, this is, this fails on every conceivable level. We have yet to get, I mean, I know we're only on track four, but that's a goddamn side of music. And there is nothing here I can say to you. Oh, this is valuable. This has something. This is just absolute nonsense. It's like you really don't know how to write music. You don't have anything to say other than I'm a big chest pumper. Uh, pretend I'm that dude on the cover, not my little, not my little, my little child fist. But I mean, this is just awful. This, and I mean, it's like Lord of the Rings at this point, right? you can watch these goddamn Hobbit movies yeah, and you can just walk out of the room, go to the bathroom, get a drink, make a sandwich and get back. And there's doing the same thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I totally get that. I like, I like your references. I always think I have no idea why this would be like Lord of the Rings, but then when you finish it, I'm like, yeah, this is exactly like Lord of the Rings. (laughs) So, yeah, so yeah, look, it's bad See, death to death me. Record. Music
0: puts a picture in my head, and I want to give yeah. you that
1: picture yeah yeah i mean it starts with bad death metal riffs with this silly screaming guitar but again it's like they're doing screaming and death metal but so safe and sanitized and it just doesn't work and it's it's kind of like a kids tv theme like you know back in the 80s when all the kids tv themes used to have metal like you know transformers or whatever it was oh yeah well
0: just atriani did uh the theme for spider-man
1: okay, there you go. And there's like Power Rangers, which I think is more of a 90s thing, but the same deal. It sounds like that. And I, I've titled it Robot Crew in Space. And it's like that. It's like, robot crew in space. There's aliens and lots of bad things going on, but they save the day in the end. So it's really kind of, it's just, it's silly music. It just It's completely,
0: so it's it's metal by numbers, by numbers, by numbers.
1: Yeah. And that's yeah. Actually, I did notice on this one a couple of weird mix things. Like, there's I think there's a couple of little cuts where, um, like I've been doing this today. I'm mixing a track, and you just have to get the cuts smooth. Like you're cutting off the end of a vocal line, and if you don't do it right, it kind of goes click at the end. And there's a couple of bits where it's like, I'm sure that's one of them. It just went click. Like they didn't they didn't do that cut very well. So. Um, I have to say the overall sound is still very smooth and polished, but way too smooth and polished. Like, give it a you bit know, more. You know,
0: the one of the, the the things Beavis and ButtHead taught taught us was you can't polish a turd. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. you can.
1: Well, they tried.
0: They polished just- this is the shiniest turd. Yeah. We have we have ever
1: covered on this show? Exactly. Well, anyway. The next track is in the hands of God, and that's not even a a link or a pun. It's just the, the name of the track because I've already spoiled that one.
0: I, I well, gave it to you so you could redeem, but you just
1: you no. Know. Okay, did you give did you give me a build up? I didn't even notice. No, that. I
0: I went first on the last one so that oh, way you had a second chance at this one.
1: Yeah, I know, I see what you mean, but yeah, I'm sorry, it just didn't. There was nothing there. So I mean,
0: in fairness, there's nothing there in the song either.
1: There you go. So look, this starts with emotional, and I'm doing the um inverted commas. Um brooding prog with what sound. I'm sorry, they just sound like joke vocals. Like, why is he keeps <laughs> whispering, are you ready? really loudly. And I just think, ready for what? And like, whatever you're asking me if I'm ready for, I, I don't think so, because it just don't sounds really just sounds really strange. Are you ready? Are you ready? I don't think so. And then um,
0: yeah, just...
1: it just, there's this is, it's just boring. And then the, there's this boingy bass riff that comes in. And you've got those big prog rock harmonies. And look, I know people like them. So I shouldn't be too horrible about big no, prog. No, no, you can vocals. be
0: completely horrible about this because we're doing a prog metal record and the yeah.
1: longest song is six minutes. There you go. Well, look, I don't like those big when prog Metallica went prog, their
0: shortest song was six minutes.
1: There you go. Uh, and then it goes into one of those where this is where the line is absolutely definitely crossed for me with prog, where you get orchestral synths that just sound terrible. Not like a really nice, cool Mellotron, but just like, like it's trying to be big and epic and Lord of the Ringsy or whatever, but it's just on a terrible, that synth sound that just, ah, no, it doesn't work. And, and um, yeah, it, it is catchy, but it's just so bad. And it keeps whispering, are you ready? And it, I don't know what's going on. But anyway, um sometimes the album's so repetitive you feel like it's running backwards.
0: Oh, I don't even get to talk about this one. Oh.
1: You can right. you can go oh, go. Fair enough. Uh I
0: have no recollections of this song. So
1: running backwards this. Oh, all
0: right. I thought you
1: <laughs> oh, I really want to talk about this one. <laughs> well, yeah, to be honest, I just wrote it does feel like it feels like a continuation of the last song. And I'm like, yeah, running backwards, yeah, we're going back over the same song. Silly metal riffs. He's trying to sound like Axl Rose as far as I can tell. And then they go, you know what we need right now. Um just to mix it up a bit, we need some goth rock jangling guitars. So let's oh, just thank throw God, them in. okay, okay, so that's it. Um now, um, I'm sure that life without this album wouldn't be so bad. Wait um, a minute,
0: wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. you you can't do that. Do what? You kind of let well, me talk I... about,
1: you skipped me again. I, I thought you already did. You said you had no recollection of it. Of
0: In the Hands of God.
1: Oh, sorry. Right, go on. You skip me oh, on that one. Oh, I see what one. you mean. Oh, sorry. I'm uh, sorry. I'm actually scared. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, Am sorry.
0: I fired from my own show?
1: <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm getting too excited about just reading this. <laughs> yeah, ap- too... ap- ap- apologies, Nick. So go on, running backwards. What did you make of it? Okay, I'm not
0: going to say it. I actually do remember this one. Uh, this song is terrible to agree <laughs> that I can't even describe the idea was he was he, I, I think it was an anti-rape song I can't
1: tell uh, I think it does say that on Wikipedia actually if just remembering back yeah, yeah yeah
0: I mean I didn't get that from the listening to it I got that from reading about this album so I mean it, it, uh, you know when you said on the the on um in the hand in the hands of God it doesn't work. I disagree. This album works on a conceptual and musical basis. If you're listening to soft rock, if you're listening to, you know, rando music in the background music, it is perfect for that. However, I like interesting music. I like Genesis. I like Pink Floyd. I like Metallica. I like Guar. I like Iron Maiden. I like these bands that do something different that, you know, I'm not a huge fan of ACDC. I love Leonard Skinnerd, who continually works to find, who continually works to find new methods of sound and new songs. This just sounds like the first track of operation Mindcrime, mm-hmm. over and over and over and over. It is so Bland. It makes white bread with mayonnaise seem so spicy,
1: <laughs> and yes. we're
0: only halfway done. I know.
1: Oh. Well, no, but now, you
0: know what? They yeah, make your pun. you your...
1: yeah. Well, I've spoiled my my pun twice now on two different tracks. Yeah, this this track's called "Life Without You," um, which and is, you know uh, what?
0: Life without this record would have been fine.
1: There you go. Exactly. Exactly. So it starts with jangly goth rock guitars again, mixed with prog. And then it goes into kind of cheesy rock ballad epicness. And actually, there's a riff that's all right for the type. It's the type of prog that I don't like, but I can see that the riff is good if you like that, that sort of That is prog. the
0: highest praise Duncan has gone <laughs> to all day. It has yeah. a riff that's all right.
1: If you like the sort of stuff that I think so. <laughs> if you like the- <laughs> Basically like oh jesus um, christ yeah i'm sorry it's got a steady tempo and some harmonies and then it's boring catchy pop 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 nickelback rocky rock and then there's different breakdown riff and a boring solo and i can't stand it and then and then they just repeat the hook like 400 times it's not a bad hook they keep doing this life without you with harmonies but oh man do they overcook it like just stop saying that please and then that's they
0: overcook it and it's only four minutes and 45 seconds yeah, yeah how do you overcook a song that's that's in
1: the nor- the normal song range exactly exactly um well uh, hang on everything dude is what is... have you done it again i've done it again i'm sorry go on what did you make of this one sorry nick i'm a I don't, I'm just on a roll today. I don't know what's happened. <laughs> I don't even know. I good. don't care. Next one, go to,
0: go to everything. It's fine.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, do you want to? You can start on everything because I think <sighs> I've dominated for too long here. Uh,
0: everything is it. You know, everything is. I mean, I think that is the perfect title for this song because it sounds like everything. It it it, yeah. it sounds. You know, there. Uh, the whole time I'm listening, and I've listened to this thing twice today. Like back to back, not even like, you know, with a break. You know, I listened to it. I listened to it again. I listened to it in the kitchen while I was cooking. I listened to it in the sitting room where I'm sitting now while I was eating breakfast. And this thing is so, so without character. There is, I mean, I have never heard a record so without as this one. I'm going to hypothesize that mr tate was trying to create this amazing like top 40 hard rock record not even metal because yeah. it's not really metal true it's it's hard rock it's like aor rock and i think maybe he was trying to have this huge hit while they're in court so he could say well the people yeah. think i'm Queensryche."
1: Yeah, how, yeah, if the
0: people think I'm Reck, how can this court say I'm not Reck? Uh,
1: yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think, think you're know. right. Actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything is basically what's wrong with this album. So, um, yeah, look, it starts with plastic kind of that plastic piano sound. You know, pretty sure it's not a real piano. That very, very bright, um, chimey piano. That clanky, kind of piano. Yeah, and then for some reason they bring in electronic drums like that that lo-fi electronic drum thing that for some reason people shove into rock and metal tracks occasionally and I generally, don't get me wrong, I love electronic music when it's, you know, but no, I, I don't think you have to shove in uh, a, a little electronic lo-fi drum breakdown into the middle of a rock track, I think it's change sort of shaky ground to do that so anyway then it kicks in with some awful prog metal with some pinch harmonics and then more electronic drums and it just reminded me of linkin park which i've never been a fan of but it's not it's worse it's a lot worse than linkin park it's, it's, know, it's
0: wish.com he- linkin park there you go Th- that's the. i mean there's so much emulation on this record it's emulation of queen's rite it's emulation of what's popular 5 years ago and yeah. they just missed they, they never there's not one There's not one hit to me on this. There's not one strong leading single. And the whole time I'm listening to this, I kept thinking to myself, my God, when is this over?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Same same here. Yeah. Isn't it ironic how a lot of these bands, when they try and go for the radio friendly commercial sound, it's like, that's when they just, that's when they're at their least commercial in in a sense, because it doesn't please anyone. Like you're never going to get the NSYNC fans I don't know if there are any NSYNC fans anymore, but you know what I mean? You're never gonna get the pop radio fans to be into this because it's too there's too many rock riffs and it's got that whole you know, prog rock, um dad rock type of thing going on. So it's never gonna be cool and hip and top 40 material, but then it also doesn't please the fans of the band, uh, you know, the existing fans of the band either. So, My God, you want
0: to talk about our greatest hit right there.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That is
0: the thing that we come to so often. I cannot think of a single time where an elder band has tried to fit in and it worked. And I mean, by worked, I mean, not like, you know, Kisses Carnival of Souls, which worked, but actually did what they were trying to do it was in the 80s or is,
1: 90s yeah yeah exactly i was going to say Fleetwood Mac but then again they got a whole new lineup with a lot of different people right people, i don't think Fleetwood so, Mac so. was
0: I, I think they were chasing a sound but they yeah. were chasing a sound by creating a band to make that sound yeah. you know yeah. it's not like when now when Kiss did I Was Made For Loving You that was their biggest hit ever their disco song yeah like that was the seventies when the idea of authenticity was not what it became in 19 in the 1980s In the 1980s, we cared far more about that kind of thing rather than, Oh, this is a good song. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. That's just what it was.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we can agree that this record has fallen off the wagon right from the start.
0: Yes, it has. Fallen. It's is the definitely next. fallen. And here we have Jeff Tate pontificating and proselytizing. And I just don't give two craps. I want you to shut up.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is this, It's kind of it's a six, eight power cordy thing. It sounds a bit like Iron Maiden, but just bad. And there's this line where he says, so, so many questions. And then the, the word questions just echoes around the different speakers in a real but in a really over what's the word sort of ham fisted overdone way so questions 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 and it's like something from the mighty boosh it is um, I was
0: thinking to myself it's something like English comedy
1: yeah exactly and you know what I I'm gonna quote my kid
0: is Jeff Tate okay <laughs> and I, think I don't he, think he was I don't think he was I think either he was, uh, no he was definitely suffering under with all the stress suffering under the weight of the world
1: there you go i saw it coming and you got it spot on so there you go the the final track i like i like our new um, ones i hope everybody else likes them too because they're not going away exactly so, yeah, The Way to the World, the last track before the re recorded ones, which we didn't even, we just, we're not going to go there. No so reason. So, this has classical guitar, ballad stuff to start with, DO esque vocals, but it's so overcooked. He's like going, ah! well, there's this really tender, quiet, acoustic classical guitar in the background, and there's loads of delays. So you've got this like,
0: hello, 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 hello,
1: over this really tender, um guitar and it feels all wrong it's cheese it's bad then it goes let's get heavy and it's just big dark rock that's awful 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 and again they're overdoing the it goes remember 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 yeah i've remembered thanks thanks i've remembered i've got it and it's totally unatmospheric it just feels really um yeah really ham-fisted and then i'm like oh no it's six minutes and we're only three minutes in uh i actually kind of like the solo who did the solo it's a bit too twiddly for me, but there's a cool. The fuzz tone is actually genuinely probably the best part of the album. Like, oh, it stood out. Like, oh, that's a weird but cool odd guitar tone that's actually pretty great. I'm gonna just see who did that. I'm um, looking it up solo. as we speak. Chris Poland from I was Megadeth. thinking it was Chris Poland. Yeah, there you go. So I liked that, Um, but it just keeps going on and on and on. It and does. On and on. I mean, it's that tough. that's.
0: And this is the longest song on the record, and it does not need to be nearly as long as it was. No, and you know, I, I, you know what? I'm just gonna move walk right into my sum up. I don't think anybody's questioning where I'm at on this one. I think I've, I think we have both made this abundantly clear where we stand. But I'm gonna do a compliment sandwich, which is something you could improve on, something you did well, and something you could improve on um i think really jeff tate could have written a record that didn't just leave it
1: there just leave it there he could could have have written written a record record.
0: (laughs) Uh, i love him trying new things by getting all these other people i love paul bostoff being on the record i love chris poland and kk downing i a lot of people i really love in fact half of the 1800 people on this album are sitting on my vinyl shelf right now in one way or another I have multiple Rudy Sarzo records. I have multiple KK KK Downing records. I have uh, one Paul Bosta. I got a forbidden record. But I mean, none of these people were playing like themselves. They exactly. were just coming in and banging it out. And, and I, if you didn't tell me, and, and here's the back half. If you didn't tell me that this was a different lineup for every track, I would never know. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, what's the goddamn point?
1: Yeah. And the thing is, I think that is the point there. I was just going to say, to me, this feels like a means to an end. It's like, okay... I want to keep the name Queensryche. I'm really angry about what's happened, so I'm going to put an album out. I've just got to do it. I'm not going to take my time to make sure it's brilliant. I'm just going to do it. And then I'm going to get in loads of my friends who are really big hitters, so it kind of legitimises it. Well, KK Downing agrees that we're the proper Queensryche, so we must be. And then it's like also kind of the, the whole... Stick of it the whole fu on the front all that it's all just kind of a revenge album in a way and yeah it, just, it, it doesn't feel like it's there for its own sake it feels like an a, an operation no put an operation mind crime it feels like an operation it is
0: definitely job. a mind crime that is for
1: damn sure well yeah it's just some sort of crime yeah but it's just uh it, it, there's so much here that is really well put together you know there's All the ingredients are there for sort of but 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 it's just by numbers. There's no soul to it at all. And I just absolutely so therefore I just can't yeah, I I can't get into it. I just don't think there is anything to get into really. It's just
0: No, and and that that's exactly the problem. There is nothing here to really sink one's teeth into. One there I, I cannot and I mean, I'm not a big Queensryche fan. I've always figured, I've always seen Rike kind of as low-rent Dream Theater. Like, if you can't afford right. to go to the Dream Theater show, you can go afford to go to the Rike show. And this, not that this, and I mean, to call this Queensryche is probably unfair to begin with. But this record does nothing to dissuade me from that opinion. If anything, this record makes me think, yeah, this is totally low-rent. This is totally low-rent Dream Theater. I mean, you just couldn't get the good dudes. And it's boring. It's It's kind of insulting. And the whole, when you said it was a revenge record, I think you completely nailed it. And I was alluding to that as we went on here and there. Where this is, you know, if you're trying to make your statement album that, I'm Jeff Tate. I am Queensryche. This is the record where I'm going to show you that. Oof. Mm. You know when Roger Waters made. When I go back to Roger Waters because I feel like we've got a very similar thread between the Pink Floyd divorce and the Queensryche divorce. We have got very yeah. similar things with very similar yeah. outcomes. However, one of these bands is a you know worldwide phenomenon, and the other one is Queensryche. But you know when roger waters made the pros and cons of hitchhiking if you had a calm clear uh second vocalist you would have the wall again you would have animals again you would have a pink floyd record
1: oh it's the third in the trilogy from this the wall the final cut and pros and cons they have some of the same oh yeah completely and you know
0: radio chaos also you know is this the life we really want? That is the best Pink Floyd album since The Wall. There you go. And yeah. including, you know, several Pink Floyd records, several David Gilmore records and several Roger Waters records. But he was, you know, he was the heart and soul of that band. This just feels like I'm making a claim on being that thing. I'm not necessarily that thing, but I'm going to say that I am and I'm going to win the case.
1: Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, you've you've totally nailed it there. Um, And I don't have a whole lot more to add apart from just to clarify, yes, I'm a bin it on this one.
0: Uh, I am put it in the wheelie bin, take it to a big hill, let it go down with a firebomb inside of it and burn it. (laughs) This is top. I'm sorry. This is a bottom five record of the hundred plus we've done.
1: Oh, it is. It is one of the worst that we've ever done. Yes, absolutely. So um, I
0: apologize. Well, I should apologize to no one because Duncan made me listen
1: to it. So well, and also <laughs> we listened to it so you didn't have to. You know. Right. We
0: exactly. We this is the Department of Metal Antiquities where we listen in case you don't have to.
1: <laughs> exactly. So that's it. That's about all I've got on this one.
0: I have nothing else. Everybody, see you next week.
1: See ya.